You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Mickey. And this is Megan. Hey guys, remember last week when I was like, oh, every time I say we have a fun episode for you tonight? Well... I said I wasn't going to say that anymore, and I took it a little bit too literally because we have a really, really not fun episode for you guys this week. Um, <laughs> we changed gears a little bit, and we chatted a bit with one of our dear friends about grief and dealing with loss. Um, and actually, I think it was still a fun episode, but it was just a little bit heavier than what we normally put out yeah yeah we touched on some I think really important things some tips on how to deal with grief and um yeah it's definitely a more somber episode but we do end with a hot mess and Mm -hmm. you know we try to keep it real and keep it light and hopefully it's something that um some of you can relate with and just not feel so alone Yeah, and grief is, like, such an awkward topic for everybody to talk about. Um, It was kind of funny, like, after each one of our stories, like, or anytime we would say something sad, we kind of all started laughing (laughs) because it's just, like, it's so awkward to be so vulnerable and just be openly talking about sadness and hardships that you've gone through. So um, I'm really glad we did this episode, and I hope that it, you know, sits with some of you and can hopefully help you get through whatever grief you're dealing with. I mean, 2020 as a whole is something to grieve. So yeah, yeah, enjoy it. But before we get into it, let's start off with our highs and lows. Um, get a little humor on here, hopefully before the, yeah. before the dark stuff. Yeah. You want to go, go first? Oh, sure. I can. Um, okay. So my highs, let's see my highs kind of like a double, a double high, um, that both go together. So a few months ago, one of my really good friends from high school, actually, we lost touch and we've reconnected a couple times throughout life. Um, she actually moved her and her family about a mile and a half up the street from me. So we had like all these big summer plans, but then COVID happened. And so, um, we haven't really seen each other very much, but she's also a real estate agent and we just closed a deal together. So we were like, okay, that's it. We're going to get it on the calendar. Let's have a socially distanced drink in one of our backyards to celebrate our closing. And so we decided to go to her house and you guys, I rode my bike over there. Oh my God. I was like, well, I'm just such a lightweight these days that it's like, if I even have two glasses of wine, I don't really want to drive. And yeah, it's only a mile and a half, but it's still a mile and a half. And I'm just like a goody two shoes. So I was like, I don't want to walk because that's like, I don't know. That's going to be weird if it's dark out. And I was like, I'm going to ride my bike. But is that like, oh, I'm showing up to drink. <laughs> like, ride my bike. I don't know. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> and I haven't rode my bike in literally years. And it was so much fun. I felt so free. Like for those 10 minutes, I didn't have like a dog or a baby or like my phone on me. I didn't have a single care in the world. It was just like the most freeing moment ever. Um, and then, yeah, we had our 
our drinks and I totally could have drove home. I didn't even get that buzzed, but I ended up riding my bike home in the dark, which I was a little bit sketched out about, but the entire way to and from is completely lit up. There's streetlights the whole way and it's all like beautiful paved sidewalks. And so I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like a little 10 minute bike ride. I could get used to this. It was so much fun. It was, yeah, just like the best total high of my week. Um, my low, let's see, I've got a couple to choose from. <laughs> um, I guess I'm just going to go with, I have a general overall feeling of shittiness right now. I just like, I've been eating like crap. I'm just like so tired. I've been eating so much sugar ever since Nora's birthday. Just like so much sugar. I opened up this huge can of worms for my husband and I both. And I just, I'm not drinking enough water. I haven't been taking my vitamins. Like, I've just been really letting my self-care take a back seat. Um, and now I just developed, like, these high, there was, like, these hives on my face around my eye. It looked like I had, like, lizard skin. I don't know what was going on. And so I, like, of course, I'm the only person in the world who would Google this. But I Googled is, is... Um, <laughs> are hives a symptom of COVID? Okay. And guess what? They are. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, whatever. I don't have any other symptoms. Well, I guess besides being tired and feeling overall, like, <laughs> shit. But, um, so, I just, like, panicked for a second. And then I just sort of laughed at myself, like, okay, I don't have COVID. I just have hives because... I've been like eating like crap and I don't know, they turned into just a full on like eczema on both of my cheeks. I think it's from my new face mask actually now that I think about it, but I don't know. I got to get my life together. We're doing a whole 30 in September, which is much needed because I've just completely, I'm just slacking when like that kind of health is so important right now. So yeah, talk to me next week and hopefully I'll be feeling better. (laughs) You know what? I might go in with you this month on the Whole30 or next month. Really? Maybe we can do like a boss lady Whole30 because I need, yeah, I'm with you on the junk food real bad. I mean, real bad. We get pizza at least once every single week all through COVID <laughs> like because it's been like, let's support small businesses or whatever. Little Caesars yeah. is not a small business, okay? <laughs> that does not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. annoying too because I'm like, this is really annoying. I'm sorry. But I'm like, oh, I'm not gaining any weight. I've been like addicted to the scale again, which is also a very unhealthy thing for me that I will weigh myself every time I go into the bathroom. But I'm just like, I'm not actually gaining weight. I think it's because I don't really eat. And and when, when I do eat, it's like frosting out of the can. And honestly, there's not that many calories in a spoonful of frosting. So... <laughs> I also, I still am working out a lot. So I'm just like eating like this with like, oh, I'm not gaining weight, but I'm just feeling horrible. So it's, it's not okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. Thank you. And you just said that on the podcast. So I'm holding you to (laughs) the whole 30. All of you guys are witnesses. You've heard it. You've done it before. Yeah, I have done yeah. it before. Yeah, I can do it. I think I'm ready. Yes. We'll see. <laughs> that could be a real fun uh, Instagram story. 
<laughs> okay, so my high this week, um, I took charge and I'm doing some house renovation projects on my own. Um, we removed some French doors in our living room this year and redid the siding and everything and they like patched where the doors used to be in the middle of our living room um, and made it into a wall but like it was kind of a shoddy quick patch job I can say because it was my husband and his dad (laughs) so (laughs) they just threw it up like because they were working on the outside so I just now that we're going to be schooling from home I really wanted to give my kids um, like a clear clean separate workspace so I was like you know what this living room it needs to get done so I just like went to the basement the other day and found a tub of drywall mud and I just like went to town so I patched the big old square which did not line up perfectly mind you it wasn't just like drywall against drywall it was like the old walls are shiplap so they weren't quite they were a little deeper than the new Mm. drywall like just a shit show I did the best that I could I textured it myself with the spray can and now I've been painting and so this week I've just been like painting my whole downstairs. Um, we had it this like medium greenish brown gray color that we found as a mist tint, which tip if you're looking for paint, paint stores have mist tints, which people like return and they're super cheap. And if you're not picky about a color, it's an awesome way to get paint. But now that our whole house is painted that color, I'm just over it. And I feel like I'm living in like a, dirty diaper paper bag <laughs> so, like, okay we're gonna paint it light and bright so I've been painting and that seems like the silliest little thing but it's like our house is a work in progress we have had some like holes in the walls that have been patched but it's just spackle like it's not cute it's very in progress no no trim anywhere just like looks very undone and we've been here for five years so to <laughs> take take hold of a project and like just do it myself has felt so good it has made such a huge difference in this room like you walk in it's just so much lighter and brighter and clean and modern looking I'm not done so good yeah thank you I'm not done yet there's still a lot of work to do but um but the wall that I want to put the kids stuff on and that like our couch goes on that main wall is pretty much done I might have a little bit of touch-up to do but um, yeah, it's just super motivating. It makes me really like my house. And I told my husband, I was like, when I'm done with this, because I've been busting my butt, he's been at work all day. So it's not like he's not doing anything. But like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to give me, I'm like going to need to set a budget so that I can go shopping and buy some home decor because mm-hmm. I put in so much work. And now that it looks good, I want to like decorate it and finally feel like we can like permanently move in. So yeah, well, I'm. That's been my biggest justification for buying new home decor is, like, we're home. And I don't know when we're not going to be home. So I just want to make my house as comfortable and, like, cute for myself as possible because I'm here. So I can really enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at that wall right now, you guys. It looks so good. (laughs) It's so bright and beautiful. And I'm just like, I love it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I did a good job. And it's yeah, I just like can't get over what a huge difference it makes. Just our trim is all old. 
and like so it's not white and like the just with the dingy paint color just like really dark and gloomy so now it's all bright and happy and pretty um let's see my low um isn't even that big of a deal but it's just like very out of characteristic for us I guess um so last night um we put the kids to bed early ish um, my husband is working days right now, so he has to get up, like, before 4 a.m. to go to work. So he needs to be going to sleep earlier. So we, like, go to bed and, like, to sleep at, like, 10 o'clock last night. I was like, okay, I'm, like, really awake, but I really should try to fall asleep now so that I can get up early or, like, just feel refreshed in the morning when I wake up and maybe mm-hmm. wake up before my kids. Great intentions <laughs> and all that. But at um, about midnight, our son comes down and he had like a bad dream. So he gets into bed with us. And I know that Mike doesn't sleep well with the kids in our bed because usually they're in the middle. So they're like kicking him and whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) he has to get up for work in a few hours. So I put Michael on the outside. I scooted to the middle because I'm not a super restless sleeper. And I figured that would be like a good barrier for him. Mm hmm my god we laid there and tossed and turned and tossed and turned for probably oh this so probably like an hour or so and then the dog comes over and he's whining and whining and whining and like sometimes well (laughs) he's super smart and he'll like come over and whine to get in bed with us after mike gets up to go to work when it's just (laughs) me i'm like this is the middle of the night dude like what is happening whining whining i'm like okay I should mention also when Michael got into bed the first time, he knocked our Xbox controller on the floor, which is like our TV controller for that room. So I'm like, okay, I'll let the dog out. (laughs) I go let the dog out. Come back in. I pick up the Xbox controller off the ground and accidentally hit the on button. It turns on the TV in our bedroom in the middle of the night and I'm just like oh crap and I'm like trying to turn it off I turn off the xbox but then it didn't turn off the tv so I have to find the tv remote turn it off and I'm just like the dog and the kid and the tv in the middle of the night and I'm trying to be so quiet for Mike and he's like it's okay he, obviously he woke up about all of that yeah stuff. Like, yeah okay calm down take a deep breath like it's fine get back into bed toss and turn with that kid until two o'clock in the morning and finally I'm like Jeez. Michael man like you're not sleeping I'm not sleeping I need to go tuck you back in and like finally he had a bad dream or something so finally he like didn't put up a fight about it so I like took him back up and and went back downstairs and went back to sleep but like just the lack of sleep in the middle of the night I am not used to and I just felt so bad for my husband because I'm like I know that he needs like he doesn't get as much sleep when he's working days as he does Mm -hmm. when he's working nights he gets to like sleep during the day so I'm just like I'm so sorry and like the more I'd stress about it the more noise I made it was actually like really funny <laughs> to think about it in the middle of the night. But today, I just, yeah, I'm just so not used to having my sleep disrupted like that. So I was just dragging all day. I like got coffee, which is a big deal for me because I'm just yeah. not a coffee person. Like I took a nap before the podcast tonight from like 6 30 till 6 50, <laughs> just to like, which is get the over perfect it. amount of time. It really was a good power nap. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my low. Not a big deal, but it was just just a little bit of a shit show for sure. It's <laughs> so frustrating when that happens in the middle of the night, and it's just like, 
I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep. And this just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hate that so much. Well, did that make up your decision about whether you're done having kids or not? That interrupted sleep. I know. You better believe that I was like, do I ever want to do this? Like, this sucks in the middle of the night. And then I just got to go back to bed. Like, it was totally fine. I didn't have to, like, whip my boob out and change diapers (laughs) to feed anybody. Like, so we'll see. That's still up in the air. Oh, man, that's funny. All right. Well, we're going to get our guests on here, but we actually have one more collective high, a boss ladies high to share with you guys. And a thank you. We reached a big goal of ours on Instagram, which was to reach 1,000 followers. So thank you guys so much. We did it. Well, we're pretty excited. We've grown such an amazing community through social media. Um, I feel like we've made a lot of friends that we've never met in real life and just mm-hmm. such a supportive, encouraging group of other like boss ladies and moms. Um, so I'm really, I'm really proud of us. And I think it's, it's a good, genuine group of like-minded women that are just mm-hmm. there to support each other. So it's a really yeah. big accomplishment. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Thank you for joining us and being part of our community. We're so thankful for all of you guys. So cheers to all of us. All right, so our guest tonight, I guess we can kind of both give her a little intro since we both know her so well. Um, She is our dear friend, Beth. We've known her for so many years now, and she was our first guest on our podcast, I think, back in 2018. Is when she came on. Yeah. Yep. So she's been she's... through a, a lot with us. Um, I know she's like an avid listener and a big fan and supporter of the show. And of just Megan and I in general through lip sync battles and whatnot. Beth is there. Um, and she recently got married, which is amazing. We got to go to her wedding. Super fun. Um, but she also is sharing her grief story with us, which the three of us kind of have a strange thing in common we had some losses right after our wedding um that we just kind of wanted to talk about tonight and share our stories of grief and how we dealt with it yeah so we are all gonna get really real on this episode it's really raw we were all super vulnerable and just big thank you to beth for joining us and sharing her story so let's get beth on the show Hey, Beth. Welcome to the show. Hi. We're so excited to have you back on. If you guys are um, dedicated listeners from all the way back in the early days, you've already met Beth. She's one of our really good friends, and we're super excited to have her back on tonight. I think she was our first, our very first guest that we I ever was. had on. Yeah. 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 Oh, gee. And then Beth here ever came about, and it was great. Beth here ever. You guys gave me the te- the hashtag for my wedding. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. It's so good. It was the best year. Like, oh, yeah, it was a good, good time. Good wedding. Beautiful wedding. Before we dive in tonight, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Beth, and... I have known Mickey and Megan for a really long time, and I like to do all the things. I'm kind of, I think, pretty much known for having my hands and everything. So 
don't have any businesses or anything, but I like to throw parties and dance and try new things. So jack of all trades, I guess. Yeah. And you're an awesome friend and just an amazing person. So, you know, you forgot to add that in there. So uh, We'll just put that at the end. Awesome <laughs> person, amazing friend. It's on my business card. It's fine. <laughs> and since last time you were on, you got married. I did. Yeah. yeah I got married. And you guys were at my wedding. And you, like, put together, like, an awesome rap song. And it was amazing. <laughs> and the video was cool. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah, 2019 was a whirlwind. And I, yeah. I think that's the last time I was on. Yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. And 2020. And then 2020 came along. Dot, and... dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into this episode and... Um, As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to be talking about grief and dealing with loss. Um, Mickey, Beth, and I all have an unfortunate thing in common, and that is dealing with loss so close to our weddings, um, which I feel like is a unique experience. But for anybody listening who has dealt with loss or, you know, grief in general, um, we're hoping that this episode can be a little bit relatable, hopefully, you know, make you guys feel like you're not alone and maybe give some tips on, you know, good ways to handle grief or loss yourself or watch your partner deal with grief and loss. So I guess let's start um, with our stories. Um, We have kind of a wide range of times, I guess. Mine was like 10 years ago, Megan's was about five years ago, and Beth's was more recently. So why don't we go in reverse chronological order? I'll go first, and then we can end with Beth since yours is the freshest. Most um, yeah. The most fresh, yeah. Most. Um, so um, just to, I guess, keep it brief, um, my husband and I got married 2010. Um, beautiful wedding. My dad um, came up from California where he was living at the time, um, just was looking very ill. And um, he ended up um, leaving our wedding early, actually, so I didn't get to do, like, father-daughter dance. Um, The next morning, I ended up having to take him to the ER. And um, just the next two, next, actually, it was, like, a month, Um, was the most horrible traumatic experience of my whole life. There are so many details that I'm just not going to share today. Hopefully I will someday, but um, a lot of caregiving, a lot of ER visits and all of that, um, which all accumulated in him returning home to California and passing away um, like a month and a couple weeks after my wedding. So I spent my wedding morning like, in the hotel room, got a call that I needed to go take my dad into the hospital. So I didn't really, I don't feel like I got to enjoy that like beginning newlywed phase at all. And even him leaving early, I tried to not let that bother me at the time. But um, I mean, he missed like the second half of my wedding, which is pretty sad. And um, yeah, super (laughs) like, let's keep it real brief so I don't cry. (laughs) Super traumatic, like just awful, um, awful experience. Definitely not how I wanted to start my 
life as a newlywed. My husband was there and very supportive of me, of course, um, but it's definitely an ongoing um, roller coaster of emotions. A pretty big loss at a really just unfortunate time in my life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the the briefest story I could give you. On it. <laughs> I don't think I I've think... ever actually heard how. Like, I knew that your father had passed, but I I had never actually heard that it was. You know, he left your wedding early, and then like like your the day after you're supposed to be basking in the glow of like this this afterglow of this wonderful day and then you had to deal with all that trauma like right there that's horrible yeah I spent the first month being married with my my dad staying with us and just trying to take care of him in ways that were totally not appropriate like I'm saying like he should have been in like a facility or something Um, I will say in general, it was like a substance abuse situation sort of thing. Um, So besides like having to care for him, it was something that on the outside to me was not necessary. It's not like he had cancer or something that wasn't his fault. It was a lot of self-inflicted issues, which just made it like maybe 10 times worse because you're dealing with all of the um, resentment and just a lot of baggage in that situation. But yeah, I mean, it it basically started before we even got married. But to have to wake up early that morning, because my bridesmaids called me that he was at my house, like, not doing well. Um, just, we, we ended up going on our honeymoon. Um, was like a week or two after the wedding. And the only way that I even got to go and do that is because he was actually in the ICU intubated, like out for the full week. Or I think we were gone like maybe 10 days. And I still had to call every day at call the hospital, make sure that he was doing okay until we got back. So I'm very thankful that I got that little escape, but um, the rest is just a really, I want to say an awful blur, but I think I remember absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah, grief. Yeah. I mean, loss is hard at any time. Like it really is. But you know, the unique thing about all of our stories is that this is supposed to be the happiest time of your life, you know? You mm-hmm. you just are married and you're starting your life together and to be handed such a traumatic, challenging card to kick off the rest of your life mm-hmm. is I mean, it's it sets you up for you know, some really challenging rocky waters, but mm-hmm. it also tests your marriage right away and, you know, helps you get through something really hard together really quickly. Yeah. Um, I guess, Beth, you might not see that right now, but can be a silver lining in a way. If you totally have to been talking it. with my therapist about that. We repeat that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> constantly. This is this is a lot right now in your first uh, year of your your marriage, and it's a lot. But really, test your marriage and see you know seeing what you're made of and that you're turning towards each other. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, that's excellent. I'm so excited to be turning <laughs> towards each other. <laughs> I really am. I'm very grateful. But yeah, yeah. no, I a thousand percent agree with that. Like it, your first year of your marriage is already a hard kind of stressful time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Not always, but in general, you know, you're combining lies, you're changing names, which makes you want to murder someone anyway, you know, like, (laughs) it's just, 
bank accounts and all the things and filing jointly. Like it's just a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Megan, why don't you go ahead and share your story? So my story, um, I mean, I, I think I can share the part about both sides, right? I feel like that was mm-hmm. a loss in a way for both. So um, we kind of got hit with a double whammy um, right before our wedding. So we got married in October of 2015. And so in August, I found out that my parents were separating um, and they had been together for ever <laughs> my whole life. So um, that was kind of a lot to find out right before the wedding. Um, we were going to wait, you know, they were going to wait and tell us, but I like caught on to it. It was really close with both of my parents. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of hard. And looking back, it was not that hard compared to other things. But um, so that was in August. And then a couple weeks later, we found out that my um, husband's dad was in the hospital and he had uh, stage four cancer and had six months left to live. And so that was a huge pill to swallow. And just like as a bride and as a partner, just everything that went along with planning a wedding, it was incredibly challenging to not feel guilty for enjoy, like trying to enjoy this time in our lives. Um, it was incredibly challenging to try to be there for my partner, you know, when I was also going through some family issues, um, just all of it was just so, so much to take in in what was supposed to be the happiest times of our lives, just such a mixed bag of emotions between, you know, joy that we were going to be able to, you know, get married and that, his dad would be there to see it, which was really important. You know, we thought about pushing the wedding back, but then we thought, well, six months, we want him to be there. Um, just, just so many emotions. So then, so then in September, um, so that was both in August and September, I found out that the reason that my parents were separating was because my dad was having an affair, um, which right before a wedding is, a a lot (laughs) um you know that just kind of broke my entire idea of what marriage and you know relationship was um but at that point you know we were kind of like we're dealing with so many things like we're just we're just gonna go with it um we had our wedding my mom and dad were both there and I'm happy that they were um my husband's dad was there he did have to leave um at for the second part of the wedding because it was upstairs and he was at that point far too fragile to make it upstairs um but we're thankful that he was there for photos and you know we we don't have any of those photos printed out it's just really too painful to look at any any photos from our wedding um but it will be nice one day to look back on um and then yeah, our wedding was at the end of October and at the beginning of November, my husband's dad passed away. So um, it was really, really hard starting off our life like that. Um, it's still, you know, to this day has caused just both of us going through so much trauma on each side of our families was just an impossible hand to be dealt that we 
I mean, five years in, I think that we've worked through it a lot, but there's still so much that we're working through. Um, and just, just dealing with that, that total loss. I mean, betrayal is a huge loss and, you know, Mm -hmm. your parents, but then also a death is just, I mean, it just was a lot and is a lot to this day. So yeah, I think that about sums, sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad, like not only, you know, your husband losing his parent, which is something it's a, it's an, you know, it's an indescribable loss that I'm lucky enough that I haven't personally felt mm-hmm. the actual loss of death. Like I've had separation from parents and whatnot and been estranged from, from my parents. So that's been rocky for me. But, but then on top of that, to have, you know, your parents' marriages, you're going into a marriage and your father getting basically booted off the pedestal that we put our parents on, whether we want to or not, mm-hmm. you know, same Mickey, it, you know, that's, that's its own trauma and like thing that you have to like come to grips with. And I just, uh, uh, no, it just, yeah, it was, you know, looking at it in the perspective of my dad chose to leave while my husband's dad was taken. Mm -hmm. It just Mm -hmm. was like this huge, like a a way that you don't often look at things. Right. And so it was just kind Mm -hmm. of made things just really, difficult I guess is the best way that I can describe it just because it's like just these two huge things happening at once that are (laughs) mind-blowing yeah yeah well they they say what is it like marriage divorce death buying a house selling a house those are like the top like six like they're in the top 10 of like Mm -hmm. stressors possible so in your your case you're you're you know you have an, a death and then an emotional death almost you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying that loss at that point right when you hit the beginning of your marriage which is already stressful right mm-hmm. so yeah and just not you know when you're hurting it's really easy to try to you know um come from a place of like my pain is so big but then your pain is so big and it's just like how do you be there for each other? Mm-hmm. It just, you know, has been a really big learning experience. But yeah, so that's probably all I want to say about that because I'm going to get a little emotional. <laughs> yeah. So hey, Beth. I will talk about mine then. Um, so 2019, October 2019 uh, is when Mark and I got married and we had a whirlwind courtship very short I think we were engaged within the first four to six months or something of meeting each other and um we had actually found out that his dad had congestive heart failure um bef- right after we had gotten engaged and we had started planning the wedding but we didn't have like we knew that probably in the next two three years we were going to lose him So, I mean, we had kind of that warning, and that was painful on its own, but, you know, it definitely made us not want to, like, push back the wedding and kind of make sure that we were really um, trying to prioritize some moments with him, and that was really awesome. Um, And he was super supportive of us getting married, 
and he did like everything he could. I, I in no way regret having our wedding when we did, even though he was, you know, sick and, and had to kind of really focus on being there for the day. Like he prepped his, his body days before, like took water pills, make sure he was okay and rested, like just to make sure that he could be there for that day. And he stayed till the very end. He couldn't dance with me or anything, which made my heart sad, you know, cause I love dancing. I know he does too. And, uh, but just being there, um, and he like after the wedding, he, I'm so blessed that it was, I was able to put together such a great day for him because many times afterwards he was like, that's my favorite day. My favorite day was your wedding. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I would relive it over and over and over again. And I'm, I feel very blessed, you know, up into the months that he passed, uh, that, that we were able to have that experience with him. Um, so anyway, so that's October of 2019. And then you know, we go on our honeymoon in January of 2020, and I was sick in December of 2019. And because he was immune compromised, we tried to stay away from him. And then Corona hit. And, you know, with his immune system, we were like, okay, well, we can't really be around you. So we're distancing farther and farther. And that was super stressful. And then Corona, of course, is putting everyone in trauma. And then we bought and sold a house so we're already stressed on that so it's already a super <laughs> stressful first year and then uh in the very beginning of june we got a call that his dad was getting taken to the hospital and uh they diagnosed him with sepsis he had he had mm -hmm. fallen off a bike something so stupid he had fallen off a bike because he went for a bike ride with his wife because he wanted to spend some quality time with her and mm -hmm. just kind of get out and make memories with her and he fell off and scraped his knee and they thought it was healing. And then a week later, it was an infection that, that totally compromised his system. And within five hours, he had died. A lot of people ask us, oh yeah, it was like, it was within five hours. He was, he was gone. Wow. Um, they had, they didn't know that he didn't have do not resuscitate orders. So he stayed on a little longer than that. So we did have an opportunity to be with him, but he wasn't, but because of Corona rules, by the time we got to see him, he really wasn't with us anymore. Um, wow. And so it was heart-wrenching because it wasn't like while we expected that he was going to pass, there was no warning. You know, we expected some decline. We expected to be able to, to mm. really be able to have moments with him and start to cherish, you know, and, and to be like, okay, well, we know this might be the beginning of the end, so we need to spend some time. And, and we didn't. Um, and so it was just super blindsiding for the whole family. Um, and uh, my husband's dad was his best friend and, um, it's just been, it's just been completely, uh, devastating. So we were already in trauma because of COVID and, uh, already had kind of a stressful first year of marriage, just had a lot going on. Don't regret moving. Don't regret my new house. Don't regret like any of this, but um, don't regret getting married or having the opportunity to go on my honeymoon or anything. And I don't regret not seeing him during Corona because I would have been devastated if I had given him, you know, Corona and he had, he had died that way. And um, so I don't, I don't have any regrets. I just, just wish that we still had him. And so, and that was about uh, two, two and a half months ago at this point, because it was early June. See, and yeah, so two, 
God, it feels so much longer. Yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's our experience and it's been, it's been really hard because we're really isolated, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of Corona, right? I don't have my support system. I would normally have like you guys, I mean, I, I have you, I can see you from time to time, but it's hard to get people together on phone calls and whatnot and you don't get the in-person touch. Um, mm-hmm. we were super blessed that, um, that my husband had had a Corona test because he went to the hospital the week before and was on medical leave. So he, his job is, uh, fairly high risk. Um, so he hadn't been in, back to work and we knew he was negative for Corona. So we were able to go into the hospital and see his dad and be there with the family. We were able to hug his mom, which is something we hadn't done in months. Yeah, you know, just that physical touch. Um, but yeah, so super, I, we, I feel super blessed in the way that it happened. And I, and I know that Rick was, didn't want to go in some drawn out situation. So I think this is maybe the mm-hmm. way he wanted to go. So I find comfort and that that was a blessing, but you know, I just, I just wish he were still with us. So. Yeah. And just the, how quickly it happened. I mean, you guys are more than likely still processing just that part of it, the actual shock of, okay, he's gone. I mean, it, it, I hate to say this, but it might be a really long road before you even actually process fully what happened. And without your support system, you know, how is, how is the rest of the family doing? Are you guys able to comfort each other? Are you able to see each other and be there for each other through this? Uh <laughs> Well, his mom has decided she gives no cares now about Corona. So mm-hmm. she's like, I'm seeing you regardless. I'm not like going to stop. So we, mm-hmm. we do get to see each other. We try to be like still, you know, socially distanced because, you know, Mark's back at work and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and we're all processing really differently, like mm-hmm. super differently. I very much shove things down and then privately, you know, have my moments. And it's different for me because I didn't have as much time with him. I just simply didn't have as much time, as much as I adored him and loved him and think he's, you know, he raised such a beautiful human being, you know, and my husband, um, I just didn't have as much time, but it is, we are definitely still processing and it's up and down and it's, uh, I mean, and then I like, I have anxious attachment styles. I don't know if you guys know about attachment styles and whatnot. Clearly I'm in a lot of therapy all the time. Um, (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm taking notes. Go ahead. I see my therapist telehealth every two weeks and we talk about it. But yeah, definitely, you know, I've, I've definitely gone into a depression. I've been having a hard time pulling myself out of that. And then, you know, Mark has too. And like, he, like he was irritable last week and I had to be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, did I do something? Do I, cause that's where my anxious attachment goes. I'm like, what did I do? Um, uh, Another but, thing we all have in common. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? That sounds familiar. <laughs> um, you know, and he goes, no, he goes, I'm just having a moment. I'm having a hard time right now, like the stuff with my dad. And I'm so blessed that he is able to kind of process that and be able to verbalize that with me mm-hmm. and to say, hey. And I think that's key for, for us. And I don't think for everyone that works, you know. But I think he's very mindful of himself, and I try to be mindful. I'm not as good as he is. He's much better than I am. Um, and I think that really assists us in being able to, 
work through this. We have not in any way, shape or form worked all the way through it and we won't for years, but being able to sit in the grief and sit sit in the moments of sadness and acknowledge that this is okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay for us not to be okay right now. Um, and being open and to communicate that with each other is a real blessing. I have two um, thoughts that just came up on that. Let me see if I can get them out before I lose them. So first of all, it's just extremely challenging watching the person that you love so much be in so much pain. And I, like you, haven't actually lost a parent. Sure, I had this traumatic thing with my dad, but, you know, five years later, I can choose whether I want to repair that relationship or not, whereas my husband doesn't have that choice. So not knowing what it's actually like to lose a parent and trying to, you know, figure out how to extend some grace to your partner, because even, even now, you know, like if, if cancer gets brought up as traumatic and hard as it was for me to lose his dad as well, Uh um, you know, it, it just, I can easily forget that, oh, wow, this is really affecting my Uh husband more than I could ever even know. And to try to, you know, he's not as good as communicating, which he's definitely worked on over the past five years so, so much. But it's a little bit harder for him to say, hey, you know, I'm just thinking about my dad today or, you know, anything like that. And so just trying to come from a place of empathy and remember Uh that it's so, so much harder because that was his actual parent is, yeah, it's a struggle. Well, I, like you, have had loss in my life. Like, I am estranged from my mother for the most part. But I do have, you know, I do have the ability to still stay in contact with her, even though I've had that loss and that, um, and, and that, that, that grief that I've processed through not really having, you know, really present parent, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but, but you're right, you're absolutely right, like the the actual loss of a parent, and my therapist said this, she was like, the actual loss of a parent is something completely different. It's separate. And I've, I've had loss, like, I lost my best friend when I was 21, a fairly horrific car accident. I've lost all my grandparents. You know, I've lost, lost uncles, people I'm close with, people I love, right? But not my parent, mm-hmm. not the, that person that raised me to be the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and watching my husband go through that is, it's heart-wrenching. Because I want, I'm a, I'm a fixer, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, how can I fix this? Hold yeah, on. Sometimes they just need, they just need the space to, mm-hmm. like, hurt and deal with it. Yeah. Mickey, in your guys' marriage, you know, being the person who has lost a parent, how do you and your husband kind of navigate that? Does that, all these years later, cause any issues for you guys um no not at all and luckily um he has hasn't experienced anything like (laughs) remotely like that thankfully like his parents are still married and still very much alive and with us and they don't live far and all of that so um he has been nothing but amazing and supportive and um really good about it all no complaints on his end, but it's still, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster. The emotions definitely um, come and go. And I would say the biggest thing that I need from him is just like 
a shoulder to cry on sometimes. And like sometimes, sorry, I'm like trying not to cry about it, but I guess that's what this is about. Um, I do though too. Yeah. Sometimes uh, yeah, you just have that day where it hits you and it might not have for a long time and just come out of the blue. And luckily I am pretty like in touch with myself and good at communicating. So I'll be like, hey, I'll text him or whatever. Like this song came on and I'm like losing my shit today and I just wanted you to know kind of thing. And then he just sort of knows that I just need like a hug or whatever, just like a little bit of acknowledgement goes a really long way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <gasps> I'm like yeah. carried up in my heart. I'm already yeah. free. I'm like, God, I know this. And then the emotional, do you feel, do you ever feel the emotional whiplash like days later? Like sometimes I feel like you're processing the emotions or something hits you. And then like late, like the next day, it's not as present, but it's still like this undercurrent for me. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Like kind of like a, almost like a vulnerability hangover in a way. Cause you let yourself mm-hmm. open up that can of worms to feel it and it, it just kind of just lingers in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say in my um, grief journey, of course, the first year was just horrible, like depression. I finally got like on antidepressants and um, kind of like crawled out of that, but it took a long time. And then now I I would say that it didn't hit me really bad until, and I have no idea why, but like the eight year anniversary. So two years ago, um, for some reason, like, I don't, I don't dwell on like the date or anything, but Facebook, (laughs) Facebook has that handy little memories thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, it just hit me. I was like, Oh my God, like he's been gone eight years. And now I'm a completely different person than I was back then. He, there's like so much of my life that he's missed out on. I have two children that he doesn't know. And it hit me really, really hard that year for some reason. Like, to the point where I was like, okay, I can't deal with this on my own. And I, like, went and I sought out counseling. And I started going to counseling for a while, which was really, really helpful. And it just kind of, like, got me over that hump that year. Mm. But most years, it seems to be, like, a look back, oh, sad kind of thing. But, like, look where I am and getting through it. But, like, that, yeah, that eight year was really rough for, like, some reason. So just a journey and you never know where you're going to end up on the spectrum on really any given day. It's just a, yeah, never, never ending cycle, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. So Beth, we wanted to kind of talk to you about your experience of, you know, being a, a good partner during this time of loss. What are you, you know, what are you finding your role to be and how are you trying to lift him up and support him and, you know, kind of deal with everything that 2020 is throwing at you as well? Well, yeah, you know, you hope you can be a good partner through all this You just try your best. But um, I found that ever since everything happened, like my role very much changed. Like 
Um, since I, since, you know, party planning and stuff kind of lifts my spirits and whatnot. I don't want to say lift my spirits, but it's just something that it, it isn't stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up really taking point on the funeral, both funerals, because we had to have two for COVID. You were able to do that with COVID? Yeah, we we, were, we got to have one funeral graveside that was very small. And then his mom, it was too much for her to have the actual memorial the same day. So we had it a, a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I planned, I planned both of those. And, and that was a, a blessing, I think, to the family it, mm-hmm. eventually. Like at first, I don't think they realized it, but later on they did realize it so that was um you know something to take off their grief plate I guess Mm -hmm. um and since then like I've really tried to be a good partner by getting Mark to talk to people um like just trying to reach out to our friends and people who have lost parents right because this is the first major person in his life he's lost at Mm -hmm. all and it happens to be a parent so you know, um, having dinner or reaching out to other men who, you know, it's hard for men to generally, right, to talk about this type of stuff. Women, it seems to come a little bit easier. Having other men just come and talk to him, reaching out to our friends, making it a priority. Like right now we're having game nights with his best friend uh, once a week. And he comes over to our house and we socially distance and do board games and covid friendly food you know where everyone doesn't touch the same stuff (laughs) (laughs) no buffets (laughs) and just to like have that connection and have him being able to retouch with the people not only people that knew his father Mm -hmm. and appreciate him loved him but also people that love him and appreciate him and want to be there and lift him up and so we're really trying hard to bring in those moments of levity um you know, in those moments where it, where we can bring out of the all-encompassing feeling that sometimes happens, um, and, and, and make it okay for him to, to kind of have those lighter moments and still balance them out with the moments in which he just is in a lot of grief. Like, like even, like we bought this new house and every time we make a change in the house, we have these moments in which we can't celebrate the change in the house. We can't celebrate the fact that the house is painted because immediately it's like, I want to show my dad, Mm. you know? And it's like, oh, just hits you in the heart. And you're like, okay, all right. We're not excited about this right now. We're going to go, we're going to go be sad for a minute. And and that's okay. But Mm. trying to bring out those moments of levity. And that's, that's where we're at in it and how I'm trying to be a good partner for him and he's asked for that too he's had the fortitude to to say I think I need some more fun mm. right yeah, good. I, I think I need to have have some moments of fun um and so yeah those are the things and also making his family a priority like his mom reconnecting with her I think I spent like five hours with her on like Saturday just talking mm-hmm. and saying hey you cool how are you doing she wasn't and that's okay. But it's nice to be able to, to have that conversation too. Mm-hmm. And like right now, everybody's so just, you know, emotional and aware of 
the meaning of life. I mean, there's so many big life shifting things going on in this world. And for something like your loss that happened so quickly, just like another slap in the face that life is short and to figure out, you know, what's important. But then when the world is telling you, you have to stay away from the people that are important, that just seems like a really impossible thing to do. Oh, it's a juxtaposition constantly. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to be safe, but... <laughs> but life is short. <laughs> right, life is short. Right. And look, you know, we didn't get to see his dad, you know, three months or... Yeah, three months. It was three months because it was the end of March. So, like, mm-hmm. three months before he died. And mm-hmm. it's all of this, you know, and then, then you have that regret. Like, mm-hmm. you know, wh- wh- I could have had this time with him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get it, you know? I even, like, I, I regret, I have a lot of regret that, like, I wanted to see him. But when we saw him, like, socially distanced, he always seemed really sad that he couldn't be closer because their family's very close. And, like, he wanted to hug us and whatnot. And it just was so sad that I, like, at one point I was like, maybe we don't go over, like, and see them in the in the doorway as much. Because it just seems like we're making him really sad. Right. And reminding him of what we can't do. Uh, I have so much regret, even over just that thought. We clearly didn't. But mm-hmm. just that thought makes me sad. So. Oh, now that made me choked up. But OK. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Except for like, hey, Beth, you want to come on and talk about all the horrific things? I do. I want to talk about everything. It's good for my processing. My therapist will be so happy for me. It is. It That's is. good. <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, I, I ordered like $100 of, you know, Chinese dumplings So from Seattle so that we could have like a theme night to to kind of have something different, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. Extravagant food purchases. Well, and then you're feeding, you know, the part of you that makes you really happy, what you like to do being able to, you know, plan and entertain and that's distracting you and helping, you know, take care of that part of yourself too. So that's, that's probably helping you process your own emotions. It does. It may, it does. It makes me feel better too. Well, and anything I can do, you know, I think you guys can both agree, like you get a certain satisfaction of knowing that you've taken care of your partner, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you feel good to make the people that you love feel good. Yeah. Although that might just be my love language. I don't know. No, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, when you guys got married, you had the underlying knowledge that his father had this illness building up. And like mm-hmm. you said, he didn't get to like dance with you and fully participate. Looking back now, having experienced that loss, has that loss affected your like feelings or memories towards your wedding in any way do you think I for me it's made me more grateful even more grateful for the time that I had with him and even more grateful that that I had the knowledge that we might not have him longer mm-hmm. you know um very like I hate to say it but very much so like my my wedding I wanted to make his parents proud of this day and to be proud that I was the woman marrying their son Mm -hmm. right and they were so supportive of our wedding and so supportive of everything 
And I just wanted them to look back and think this is such a fantastic day. And to know <clears throat> that he was able to look at that day and be like, I loved that day. I loved that. And to have that, mes that memory with him, I wouldn't trade it for the world. If I could live that day 20 times over, I would. I mean, I know people normally say that about their weddings, but in particular, if I could live that day 20 times over to have that day with him, I would. Even not being able to dance with him, even, you know, just to see his face. Like there's this one photo, I'm sorry, of our wedding and he's sitting there and he's just smiling and Mark's behind him and his wife is next to him and it's very candid and it just it makes my heart happy, right? It just makes my heart happy to know that I had that with him, that I had that memory with him. I mean, we had so many other memories, but to have that that wonderful day with him is a blessing. And for my family to be able to have that wonderful day with him. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, his, you know, his wife, Sherry, and him got to experience seeing their youngest baby get married. They got to experience see their oldest baby get married and, and, and to see them happy. And that, that's a blessing to me. Because I wanted to elope. Like, how bad would I have been? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't because I also wish I could live your wedding day over and over again. It was a it was a great day. I mean, Mark didn't say that I couldn't do it again. So <laughs> uh after COVID. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's revisit that because I yeah. totally <laughs> I'm like, on board with that. Um <laughs> yeah. but I think it's I think it's really important and hopefully a little bit like healing for all of us that that our fathers or father-in-laws I think now that I'm a parent I kind of think of it this way I think it's really big for them to be able to see us taking that step and making that like life commitment with someone else and them feeling like we're going to be okay mm -hmm. like we have someone else to take care of us kind of thing um I think that's really important and kind of makes me feel better like at least he got to see you know that I'm going to be taken care of with somebody amazing like both of yours got yeah. to see I agree like we we really feel like my husband's dad like waited like he waited for the wedding you know he was held out and he was really strong so that he could be there and see that and you know, I try to remind my husband that often when he's feeling sad about it, like, you know, at least your dad was able to see this beautiful day and he knows, you know, that you're, you know, in this point of your life. And because Quentin was older when he got married, you know, he was always like, oh, I'm getting married so late. I might never get married. And so I think it was really special for his, both of his parents to be able to be there and see that. Yeah. Um, so Megan, I'm going to ask you the same question because you mentioned earlier about not having like your pictures printed and stuff. Has those lo have those losses impacted how you feel about how your wedding day went and how it kind of how you remember it? Yes, a hundred percent. We like right after the wedding, we were like, oh my gosh, that was such a great day. We, you know, we had a really good time all things considered we still like tried to make the most of it um 
but as time went on and the you know excitement of the party and everything wore off it was kind of like harder and harder to think about um just when we look back and think of our wedding all like the overwhelming emotion is loss Mm -hmm. unfortunately um and we we talked about renewing our vows at five years and having another wedding but we obviously aren't doing that because that would be this (laughs) october (laughs) yeah thank you yeah, 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 six year. Or we're like, well, we'll just wait for ten years at this point. But um, you know, maybe just doing special something special, just the two of us for us, just to kind of redo those memories. Like often, we're like, I can't believe we don't have a single wedding picture printed out. It's just like you know, most people they have them all over their house, and it's just it was just such a hard time for both of us that we try to look at it with the positive but it's just hey we love each other and like that's more important than that day I guess so yeah that's yeah. a really good way to look at it you guys have persevered through it all and that's just one day on the blip of your lifetime line and yeah. maybe it I mean it was a beautiful day so super fun but I, I totally was. understand the the aftermath. It's just hard like other people's weddings though now which I hate to say but it's like you know I remember one of our friends who got married the year after us and it was like they did the father-daughter dance and I was like I had to leave the room crying you know or just like I feel like I hate to even admit this but I feel jealous of other people when they have their day because it's like look how happy they are look how which you know maybe if you don't know them that well, you don't know what's going on underneath, but it's just like, look how perfect their day is. Like, this is that one day that you get to just be so happy and celebrated. And like, I just, I do, I just feel really jealous at other people, at other people's weddings, but you know, I'm working on that, but yeah. But my sister, my little sister's getting married next year, hopefully COVID. Um, (laughs) And I'm just really excited you know, like, I don't have those feelings towards her wedding. I more so just feel, like, thankful that she is going to get that special day, and I don't feel jealous for her, and, you know, I hope that I can just channel that feeling in general to everyone, because I don't like feeling that way, you know? So, yeah. I think the jealousy, I don't, I don't think you should feel bad about that in any way. That's such a, it's such a, a big loss that, of course, you would, like, have feelings towards people getting that and you don't like that that's totally normal and like virtual hug I totally I totally understand that well well, it is actually jealousy do you know what I'm saying like me I wonder if it's just a loss yeah like you're 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 feeling grief over the loss of that day for you Mm -hmm. because really that's you know you had the day but it was so consumed with loss before and after you know what I'm saying like immediately after and immediately before you know you may feel like it's manifesting like as jealousy but Mm -hmm. I mean from hearing you talk about it it doesn't sound like jealousy it sounds like loss you know yeah thank you for saying that yeah that's a good point yeah so we're we always like anytime that I mean because in the last five years we've hit what we consider rock bottom a c- 
couple times, maybe even a few times. And, you know, we always say like, we were dealt a really hard hand. If we can get through that, we can get through anything. And we, we always get through it because, you know, our love and dedication to each other was tested immediately. I mean, like we were together for a few years before we got married, but to experience so much loss together instantly and to see each other at their absolute ugliest and worst and to be able to still love them and grow together. I just, I don't know how like we could ever experience anything harder than that. Knock on wood. 2020. Don't, don't take that. As a- <laughs> 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 oh my God. <sighs> but, yeah. We're going to have to, Save yeah. this episode and publish it in 2021 just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, truly, it just um, it's just made us so strong, and and we're just thankful to move forward. That's a blessing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, um, answering my own question. Yeah, my wedding day. Also, it was a it, it was a great day, and sometimes I can kind of like forget that he left and I'm like not so hung up on the father-daughter dance and all that um which I definitely feel that stab in my chest every wedding I've been to since of course that gets that um but my wedding pictures we do we actually we actually don't have any printed around our house either um but we just kind of don't have a lot of pictures anyways that aren't our kids. But um, just in those pictures, my dad was just so far gone by that point. He's so skinny and just like sickly looking that you don't even really recognize him. So that um, is, yeah, I you kind of skip past those pictures. I remember that way. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to remember him that way. I have some, which... I have some photos of, um, we did like a family photo shoot when I was like 12 or something. And those are the best like professional, happy, healthy pictures I have of him, which even though they're so old, I'm like clutching onto them. Cause that's how I want to remember him. I don't want to remember him this like frail old man. Cause that's just not who he really was. Um, but yeah, I definitely this year would have been or is still going to be our 10 year anniversary, but I was going to plan a big party and have like a not like renew our vows necessarily because my husband's not really into that, but <laughs> some kind of big like do over kind of celebration because I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to have to wake up the next morning and then go through that. Like I want to be able to just like wake up with my husband and just bask in the glow of like love for a while and have it just be about us two which we just it was cut so short and I mean we have an amazing life together with our kids and I get to wake up with him every day but still like I don't know just I feel like I'm just a big romantic so like celebrating your love and especially nowadays like having a relationship that persists is such it's a big deal and it's rare, like 50% yeah. of marriages and in divorce. So it's really a big deal when you stay together, like every year is a huge achievement. And so I really like to, um, to celebrate that. So someday we'll have our big party, but until mm-hmm. then I 
try to just make a really big deal out of like every dating anniversary like hey did you know we've been together like 14 years if if our relationship was a child we'd be like starting high school this year <laughs> just like okay i'm like no this is a big deal okay you need to like gotta write it down you gotta pay attention it's like a huge deal so yeah I am so that way I just want you to know that I do that not only with my best friend Becky I'm like do you know that our love can rent a vehicle now (laughs) (laughs) she's like oh my god um and then but I did the same thing with Mark this year for I was like it's our date anniversary and then the next day it's the first day we met and then the next day I go it's the two-year anniversary of me being disappointed that you didn't call as soon as I thought you were going to. <laughs> He's like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, we're, if you can't celebrate the little things, what's the point of life, right? <laughs> we're also like that. We both are kind of like that. And for the longest time, until we moved from Bellingham on our dating anniversary, we would go reenact our first date, <laughs> which was really cute. But now, yeah, now yeah. we don't live there. So that'd be hard, but. Um, Okay, so quickly, because we're running out of time a little bit here, but we wanted to go through a few do's and don'ts um, just for things that we, you know, do's and don'ts of grief. So we'll just kind of throw these out. We can kind of all put our input in on if we agree or do these, or maybe it's something that we want to try. So there's seven do's and seven don'ts. So the first do is to let yourself grieve and make time to grieve. Um, there's a lot of physical and mental issues that can arise from not grieving. So I think that's something really important to remember that it's okay. Like Beth said earlier, it's okay to not be okay. I'm yeah. a big proponent of this. I'm just like, yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to feel it. You can't let that stuff stay bottled up inside or who knows what can yeah physical you don't want to see how that comes out (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yep yeah it's got to come out one way or another so (laughs) you might as well be in control of how it comes out (laughs) um so number two is to offer support so do a daily check-in with each other so take 15 to 20 minutes a day where you take turns sharing about your day while the other person listens ask questions show you care Don't give advice, just kind of use it as your time to debrief about your day and just kind of like emotion dump, if you can, on each other. And it's a lot safer and healthier, I think, to do that when you're not um, getting feedback from the other person. Like they, you don't need to hear their opinion on how you feel. You just need to be able to be free to feel how you feel and let it all out there. I'm not responding to that, like just grief or no grief like that's just I think important in all marriages personally yeah it's really hard for a lot of men or if you're a fixer as a woman or a man to to not give advice it's really really hard to just sit there and let your partner be and tell you how they feel without trying to fix it but it's very important to just bite your tongue and just let them get it out because that's helping more than anything you could do or say in that time. So another one would be to take breaks from grieving. So Beth, man, you just, you've got all these down because a lot of these you already touched on, but you know, it's okay to laugh and have fun and distance yourself in healthy ways from the grief. So 
It sounds like you're definitely already doing that. I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next would be to seek support from a wide range of people. So it's not all expected from your partner. So to reach out to other family members, maybe call your friends, do a Zoom meeting, because that's what we're <laughs> all doing these days. But just to not dump all of it on each other, because that can be a lot too, especially if you're like an empath, like I know mm-hmm. a few of us are in this circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to take on other people's emotions on top of what you're already dealing with. So to kind of spread the wealth, share your grief and <laughs> trauma with many people so that <laughs> all of you can digest it a little bit easier. Don't bring everyone it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spread it around. <laughs> um, be prepared for a resurgence of grief on special days, holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, or even certain words that can come up. Um, and make a plan for those days ahead of time so that you're not either blindsided by your own grief or by your partner's grief. We did that for Rick. His birthday came. It was Mm -hmm. later that he died and we did a crab feed for the family. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a moment where we were kind of preoccupied, but we were able to get together still Mm -hmm. and acknowledge this is a rough day, but being able to move forward. And I I would, I would encourage it for, Mm -hmm. for anyone going through grief with their own families. That was, um hard but helpful yeah it's so hard because my husband isn't very good about remembering dates just in general he's like he's not the memory guy and I remember literally every date like as far back as I could ever remember it's always so hard because it's like do I remind him of this date or do I just kind Mm -hmm. of like let it pass so that he doesn't get upset and I never really know what the right thing to do is but yeah, I, luckily, you know, I think that his sister or his mom reminds him, or sometimes I do, um, just because sometimes it is better to remember, just so you can kind of have those memories. Yeah, I was, I mentioned earlier, Facebook memories pops pops up mm-hmm. a lot, and often I get so caught up in my life, and like, you know, raising two kids and whatever, that I don't like remember that it's that day until Mm -hmm. I like go on Facebook and Facebook kindly reminds me I have often thought you can um Facebook is awesome and offers the um option of um blocking out certain days or certain people but again I'm like uh the days have the year there's been years where it sneaks up on me and I don't think about it and then I on one side feel great that I'm in such a good place in my life that I don't need to dwell on it but also I would feel terrible if I like let it go and forgot Mm -hmm. also like oh yeah there's just (laughs) so many emotions tied with that but it is an option if there's something out there that you don't want to remember and you're better off not dealing with you can do that in your Facebook settings everybody okay so all of 2010 through 2012 (laughs) so all everybody 2020 let's just erase our feeds when we get the chance because this is a bunch of bullshit um okay so number six is to attend to your body so eating healthy um drink lots of water exercise i think that's just a really i mean you need to do it in general but i know that it's a huge um like fight against depression 
and just yeah. taking care of your body is also going to take care of your mind and your just package as a whole. So it's really important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And then the last do on our list is to seek professional support if it turns into depression. Do not feel like I know, and the stigma is kind of going away, I think, more and more, but don't feel like seeking professional help is a weakness. You're actually so strong by doing that. So make sure that if you're starting to feel, you know, isolation or prolonged sleep issues or a sense of I am bad instead of the situation is bad, anything like that, just try to get some professional support. And and if I may, because I'm a huge opponent of having therapy just in general. If you find yourself in a bad situation and you get in a bad situation and you and you have the courage, because it does take courage to go to the therapist, right? Mm-hmm. To be so vulnerable, um, keep them. Like I keep mine when I'm going through not hard times. I keep mine kind of on retainer, and I see her like once every three four months. And then if you know crap hits the fan, then I start amping it up. So like right now, I started seeing her once every two weeks. Um, in order to help self-maintain. And even if it's just, you know, me coming in and saying, same story, different day, at least I'm checking in with someone who can monitor where I'm at as well from an outsider perspective and a professional perspective. And not give you advice, really. That's that, you know, that's that person that you can just let it all out. I'm also a big fan of therapy and that's just that person you can let it all out to and they're not going to try to fix it or tell you, your feelings are one way or another. Um, I mean, they're going to try to fix it, but not in that way, you know, so. Pay them to listen. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, Beth, can you think of any other do's that would be good advice for anybody who's dealing with grief? No, I, I mean, you sent these ahead of time to me and I read them and I was like, these are all really spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think it's, I, for me, it's mindfulness, mm-hmm. you know, being mindful of you and your partner tell the truth, you know, don't try to hide it just because you think it's going to hurt or whatever, like be, tell your truth. Be like, this is how I'm feeling at this time. You know, don't lie about that. Um, and then, and then just kind of verbalize that if you can and have those conversations, make agreements of what the other person can and can't have handle. It's, it's that those are the kind of the biggest things. Yeah. I like those. Good. I'm just going to, if it's okay with you guys, go through the don'ts. Um, I'll just list them off here because they're all pretty self-explanatory and we've kind of talked about some of them, but not trying to fix things or give advice or pass along the Kleenex too soon. Um, finding a way to manage your own discomfort that allows your partner his or her grief. Don't judge their style of grieving, timing, or needs. Don't drink too much alcohol and marijuana or depressants. That's not going to help anybody. Don't hurry to make decisions. Uh, I mean, you each have opinions and short-term decisions and long-term decisions. So just wait a year or so before making a big decision is probably a good rule of thumb. Um, Don't disperse or dispose of belongings until you're ready. Don't erase your loved one by never talking about him or her. Tell stories and share your memories. And don't worry if you are forgetful or lack concentration and focus. It's normal, but annoying. Be patient with your partner. Yeah, good tips. Um, Beth, thank you for getting vulnerable with us tonight. Definitely some deep diving that we did, but I appreciate it. And Megan, thank you for sharing 
your story as well. Um, you too, Mickey. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Thank you for sharing yours. I yeah, learned some nice. things about you that I didn't know, yeah. which is weird after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, people don't often sit down and talk about their traumas to, like mm -hmm. at this extent, you know, so I think mm -hmm. this was really special that we were all able to, you know, share with each other and it makes you know, it makes me feel a little bit less alone, unfortunately, knowing that you guys had to go through so much pain as well. But we're all just not alone in these things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Beth, before we let you go, because I know we've kept you on here forever tonight, but we just didn't want to stop talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we let you go, we love to share our hot mess moments. So we can end hopefully on a lighter note, unless your hot mess moment is a real hot mess. <laughs> no judgment. But do you have one that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, sure. This is terrible. My husband's going to hate me. Um, so my favorite day, kind. I showed my husband this meme of this girl who said, I looked my husband in the eye and I sat there and I farted, but I pressed a little too hard and I peed myself. <laughs> I was like, I showed him that, and I was like, that's terrible. So then later on, we're laying down watching just a TV show, and he look, he gets my attention, looks me in the eye, and farts. <laughs> what? Did, did you feel like that showed dominance, babe? And he's like, no, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was my hot mess moment. It was amazing. I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now I'm going to have to figure out a way that will like fart in front of him and show dominance. We spent yeah. too much time talking about this meme. It was good for me. <laughs> do, you, do you toot in front of him? Oh, God, yes. I don't. <laughs> better out than in, I always say. Like, <laughs> if I could get that as a tattoo and not feel real weird about it, I would. Love, love Shrek and I love farts. Like, I'm just a... Uh... Tootie lady. <laughs> just I just can I cut that out? About it, and then it, then it just, I, I would explode. I think, and so would he. We can't. This is just a piece of our relationship. That's good. Yeah. It's healthy. Rips. Bonding brings you closer together, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or farther <laughs> apart, depending on how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> we can end on that note, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Beth, very much for talking with us tonight. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully 2021 we'll get back to being like the next best year ever. Yeah, we can open for it. 2020 is consistently garbage. But you know what? There's something to be said for consistency. So, hmm. yeah, way to go. it sucks. Oh Our my God. Expectations gosh. can't get much lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks beth and everybody else we will see you next week bye. bye thank you for listening to boss ladies and babies if you like this episode be sure to rate review and leave us some feedback make sure to follow us on instagram and facebook and join the conversation in our facebook group at boss ladies and babies and until next time stay, stay bossy, bossy.